Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, June 10th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. There were officers on the ground. They were throwing up. I, I mean, I saw friends with blood all over their faces. I was slipping in people's blood. Repeatedly uh, told the president in no uncertain terms uh, that uh, I did not see evidence of fraud uh, and, uh, you know, that would have affected the outcome uh, of the election. And frankly, a year and a half later, I haven't seen anything to, to change my mind on that. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. A few moments from last night's primetime hearing held by the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. That was Capitol Police Officer Caroline Edwards, former Attorney General Bill Barr, and Republican Congresswoman and Vice Chair Liz Cheney. The committee laid out its case to show what it called a brazen conspiracy by former President Trump. Axios co-founder Mike Allen was watching, and he's here with me with what we've learned. Hey, Mike. Hello, Nawa. Mike, let's just start with the big themes of the evening. What did we see? What did we learn that we didn't know? Nyla, as I talked to the committee behind the scenes, they had three big messages. One, that this started long before January 6th or even January 5th, that the seeds of this went back to the election. Second, that there's an ongoing threat to democracy. And third, that it's all President Trump, that he orchestrated that every single one of the hearings to come, President Trump is the committee's headline. Mike, this committee is trying to accomplish so much. What was the goal for last night? Yeah, now the power was in taking you back and the big message from the committee, they wanted to connect the dots to show that A, this began long before January 5th or 6th, that the threat is ongoing and that Donald Trump was at the center of it. So that was the connect the dots. But two of the dots, two pieces of hard news, two headlines, a Trump quote and pardons. The Trump quote, now reporters in the room say there was an audible gasp when Congresswoman Liz Cheney, the vice chair of the committee, said that when Trump was told the Capitol mob was chanting, hang Mike Pence, we knew that part, but Trump responded that maybe he was right that he, quote, deserves it. That was new. That was what drew the gasp. And second, Nyla, pardons. We learned that several members of Congress, Republicans, contacted the White House right after the attacks to seek pardons. These hearings ended with a hint of what's to come. This was just the first. What is next? What was really teased was this incredible library that the committee has of videotapes of the depositions. You know, they've talked to more than a thousand people and most of it's on videotape. And so we saw color video of Trump's attorney general, William Barr, uh, saying, as we heard of that clip at the top, uh, that he thought the president's view of the election was BS and he spelled it out. We saw Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter, saying she respects the attorney general. 
Her husband, Jared Kushner, who was being questioned by Congresswoman Cheney remotely uh, on this deposition, uh, saying that he thought that when the former White House counsel threatened to quit, that what is whining? We saw Vice President Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, on video, very rare now, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, audio of him. So all of that is going to come in detail in future hearings, as the committee would tell you. Stay tuned. As we think about all of these, all of this testimony, this these videos, all of the still photos, what stays with you from what you saw last night? Nyla, the takeaways from the hearing range from as massive as democracy and transfer of power in the United States of America. And it was as specific as individual officers from the United States Capitol Police who were in that room, who on January 6th battled for their lives and, as a committee member said, battled for us and they had to relive it. Axios co-founder Mike Allen. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Nala. In a moment, we're back with more news, including an update on the solar industry in America. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. This week, the Biden administration said it plans to throw a lifeline to the U.S. solar industry with a two-year reprieve from potential import tariffs on solar panels. The pace of U.S. solar projects has been slowing. That's because of a probe into whether Chinese companies have been dodging U.S. trade penalties. President Biden also said he'd take the rare step of invoking the Defense Production Act to boost manufacturing of panels and other clean energy equipment. So I asked Axios Energy reporter Ben Geeman, what does this tell us about the state of the solar industry right now? Hey, it's a great question. Um, this has been a, a real rough patch for the solar power industry. You know, that has been growing aggressively in the U.S., but faces some really big hurdles, too. Some of these hurdles are pretty common across industries, right? You know, think supply chain woes and inflation and so on. But the biggest one is this ongoing federal probe into whether Chinese panel manufacturers have been doing basically an end run around U.S. import tariffs by routing manufacturing through Cambodia and Thailand and Malaysia and Vietnam. And so the possibility of new import tariffs from this probe, including retroactive penalties, is really creating problems for U.S. solar power projects that rely on foreign supplies. You know, it's a it's a big thing. Some projections find that well over half of expected U.S. solar power additions this year are at risk of being delayed or scuttled. And so, you know, that's bad for a growing U.S. industry, but it's also bad news for U.S. climate and clean energy goals. And so the White House this week said it would waive any potential tariffs that might flow from this probe for two years. And that should really help reinvigorate projects, especially these large utility-scale developments. This year's new solar project build-out still probably won't be as robust as was once projected, but the industry says it's no longer frozen by this uncertainty. That's Axios' Ben Geeman. Yesterday, we talked about the incredible strain on teachers in the U.S. right now, and we're still hearing from so many of you. So we wanted to share a few more of your thoughts at the end of this week. Olivia in L.A. wrote to us to say she doesn't see teaching as a sustainable career over the long term, but she still loves her job. That's something we heard from so many of you, including Randy, who lives outside Seattle. 
I am still very passionate about teaching and waking up each day to support students and do not regret my career choice one bit. I just wish everyone saw the value in public education like I do. I mentioned yesterday that I come from a whole family of teachers all the way back to my grandparents. For my part, I owe big thanks to many of my own teachers, and I have to thank one special Axios Today listener that's my high school European history teacher and yearbook supervisor, Robin Politowitz. One final thing before we go for the week. For the first time in 18 years, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn have aligned. And all this month, you can see this lineup with the naked eye. Head out about 30 minutes before sunrise for a glimpse, even if you live in a city. And for the very best view, June 24th is a good bet. That's all for us. Axios Today was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiyara and Ben O'Brien. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Sarah Kehalani Gu is Axios's editor in chief, and special thanks as always to Axios co founder Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Hey, have you listened to MSNBC's Into America yet? It's a weekly podcast that explores what it means to be Black in America. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Tremaine Lee digs into topics impacting Black Americans, like the toll racism can take on mental health, the fight against fascism, and how history shapes our lives today. Follow Into America wherever you're listening right now.